0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wake Up With The Warriors. We're recapping game four of the semifinals between the Warriors and the Rockets, and just like games one, two, and three, this was outstanding theater. An incredibly close game, more dramatic moments than you can shake a stick at. Like the first three games, there was a lot of sloppiness going on in this game. That was a apparent from the opening tip when the team started playing at a hectic pace but weren't necessarily doing anything with it. And it kind of stayed that way the whole game through things tightened up in in patches, but on the whole it was a little bit of a sloppy game, but a tremendous game just from a drama standpoint from how entertaining it was, how much fun it was. To watch this game, whether you're a fan of the Warriors or a fan of the Rockets, a fan of neither, a fan of both, it they've been four tremendous games to watch, and the amount of individual talent on the court at any given moment in this series, especially when the starting lineups are on the court, is almost unfathomable. These teams are just so wildly talented. So the story of this game for the Warriors was... Well, it came down to two things in my eyes. The first one was simply allowing Houston to get too many rebounds. This happened in Game 3 as well. It's no surprise the team that has won the rebounding deficit has won each game here. So the Rockets had 50 rebounds to the Warriors' 43, and they had 13 rebounds on the offensive glass to the Warriors 8. Those extra possessions were enormous. And the other thing that it came down to was three-point shooting. Two historically great three-point shooting teams with historically great shooters, whether you want to look at the efficiency of the Warriors or the sheer volume of the Rockets. And tonight, the Rockets just made more. Both teams got open looks. Both teams did a good job getting open looks, and the Rockets just were better shooting the three. Whether you want to credit them, discredit the Warriors, or chalk it up to variance, the fact remains that the Rockets were far better from beyond the arc, and that really ended up being, being the game because the Rockets out-rebounded the Warriors. The Warriors took care of the ball and forced turnovers better than the Rockets did. So their possessions really evened out in that regard. The, The amount of shots these two teams took were virtually identical. The Warriors took one more field goal attempt than the Rockets. The Rockets took one more free throw attempt than the Warriors. So pretty much identical in terms of how many times they actually were shooting the basketball. That's kind of rare and has been rare this series. And the Warriors shot better from the field... Shot about the same from the free-throw line. But the Rockets killed them from three-point land. Both in frequency and in efficacy. They took 13 more... Excuse me, they took 17 more threes than the Warriors did. And they made nine more threes than Golden State. Houston shot 17 of 50. Not a great clip. But when you're shooting 50, you end up with 17. The Warriors shot just 8 of 33. 33 lower volume than they probably should have, and way lower efficiency than we have come to expect from this team. And, and that ended up being the game, really. The, the Rockets had 27 more points from beyond the arc than the Warriors did, and it is hard to win when that happens. So for the Warriors, the suspects struggling to shoot the three were everyone. Literally everyone. No one shot well from distance for the Warriors. No one made even a third of their three-point attempts, even the people who only took a few. And the biggest culprits were Steph Curry and Klay Thompson again, if for no other reason than because we expect them to do better. Curry was just 4 of 14 on threes. Clay was 1 of 6. So they combined for 5 of 20, 25%. And that's just not going to cut it for those two. They got good looks. They didn't drop. And if they had dropped the Warriors' win, they didn't drop the Warriors' lose. It kind of ended up being that simple. Curry did have a good offensive game in other parts of the game. After Game 3, where he really struggled to score at the rim, really struggled to make any looks, he came out of the gates firing, had a really, really good first quarter. He finished the game with 30 points, 8 assists, shot 12 of 25 from the field, so not great efficiency. He was 8 of 11 from inside the three-point line, though. So that's interesting. So a little bit of a rebound game for him. Definitely better than in Game 3, but still not the dominant breakout performance that a lot of people have been hoping for. And this time he didn't have... Kevin Durant having an all-time great performance, backing him up. Durant had a very nice game, or a nice enough game at any rate. Not quite as efficient as we saw him early on in the series. And in Los Angeles, he shot 12 of 22, 2 of 6 on threes, 8 of 10 on free throws. Finished with 34 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Once again, he was the Warriors' best player. This loss definitely doesn't fall on him. But the Warriors struggled really to score in this game. For all the flack that we gave Houston in the offseason for letting Trevor Ariza go, letting Luke Bamute go, signing players like Carmelo Anthony and Austin Rivers and, and going into the season relying on unproven players like Gary Clark, they didn't seem to prioritize that perimeter defense that had made them competitive against the Warriors in the 2018 conference finals. And the Warriors' offense really couldn't get it going very well against the Rockets. They had 28 in the first quarter, 26 in the second, 30 in the third quarter. That was their best quarter offensively. 24 in the fourth. Now, of course, those are context-dependent. The pace obviously comes into play here, and simply the fact that the Warriors were missing open threes changes the way their offense operates a huge amount. But they weren't picking Houston apart the way I think many, myself included, expected them to be able to do. And that's both a credit to Houston and a sign of the Warriors not really being able to adapt to having the most talented offensive team on paper in NBA history and having a hard time right now actually converting that into team-wide success. Now, the one really big positive out of this game for the Warriors was the heart that they showed going down the stretch. They trailed by 15 points at one point in the fourth quarter and didn't go anywhere. They they laced up their shoes and just fought a little bit harder. And I think they learned something in those moments because that's when their offense started to flow a little bit. They had a little bit of fluidity. They stopped playing so timidly stopped playing so conservatively because they had a huge deficit a huge hold that they had to climb out of and they started playing a little bit more fearlessly a little bit looser they started really pushing the ball a lot more turning turnovers and missed shots by the rockets into fast break opportunities and getting a lot of stuff going down the court rather than getting into their half court sets so there are some takeaways they can they can get from that going forward. So really quickly, I want to recap the last few plays of the game because they were certainly worth talking about. The Warriors were slowly clawing clawing their way in. They got it down to seven points and forced a Houston miss and a series of plays here that just felt emblematic of the game. They couldn't get the rebound. They forced another miss, and if you're Rooting for the Warriors, you're thinking, okay, whew, thank goodness, still a seven-point game. Again, they couldn't get a rebound. Houston ended up with four possessions, three offensive rebounds, four shots out of the the possession. And it just felt like the Warriors were never going to get the ball. And ultimately, they did. Houston had four shots. They missed all four of them. Warriors got the rebound, Draymond Green made an unbelievable full-court pass to hit Kevin Durant in stride between two defenders, and KD somehow caught it and seemingly dunked it without even leaving his feet. A spectacular play, and it cut it to five. But so much time had gone off the clock as that play unfolded because they simply couldn't get the rebound. So they worked their way down, Had a wide open three that they missed at one point there. Draymond had a layup that he missed at one point. They couldn't really get the deficit below five. Then they got the ball back under 25 seconds to go. Steph Curry gets a nice look for a three. Misses it. They get the rebound right back to Curry. Reload three. He makes it. It's a two-point game. With just under 20 seconds left. They foul James Harden. Harden misses one of the free throws. It's a three-point game. They call timeout to drop an inbound play. They end up getting an inbound play that has Kevin Durant wide open straight away. A deep three, probably about a, a 28-footer or so, but wide open straight away. He misses it. Draymond Green bats the ball out, back to Durant, who hands it off to Curry. Curry looks like he has an open three, but doesn't shoot it. Pump fakes it, shoots on the reload, wide open, misses it. Chris Paul grabs the rebound, and and that was the ballgame. So... Everyone on the edge of their seats naturally at that point, and really if you're the Warriors, you can't ask for anything better than an open Durant 3 followed by an open Curry 3 when you're down 3 with the game on the line. But ultimately, that was how the game went for the Warriors. Again, just 8 of 33 from deep, and 2 of those 3 came from their 2 best players, arguably the 2 best players in the world, with the game on the line, and in this particular instance, they couldn't convert. So, now we have a series. The, the 2-0 series lead is no more. It's 2-2 now. It's a, effectively a best-of-three series, with two of those three games being in Oakland. And this is going to be fascinating. We're four games in, which is a lot of basketball, and so far the total point differential in this series is one point. The Warriors have outscored the Rockets by one point over four games, including an overtime game. A lot of minutes to essentially have a draw going on right now. Warriors still have the advantage. They're still the better team when things are working. They still have home court advantage. One thing for them to watch is Andre Iguodala appeared to hurt his knee on the penultimate possession in this game, so we will have to monitor that. Hope we don't have a repeat of last year when he missed the final four games of the series. But Game 5 figures to be incredible theater, just as these first four were, and it could end up being the decisive game in the series. So that will be on Wednesday night. It'll be on TNT. And we'll be back with another episode of Wake Up With The Warriors after that. Thanks for listening.